1: Welcome on into another edition of the Wolverine.com podcast. I am Clayton Safey alongside a Michigan basketball legend, former captain, 98 career games, uh, the 2015 co-team MVP, Spike Albrecht. Uh, You may know him from the national title game, but he played a lot more games than that. Had a lot of success at Michigan. Believe your team's won 98 games while you were on the team there, uh, one of the highest uh, you know, in, in a huge stretch in Michigan basketball history. Spike, you are back for the reunion, basketball reunion this team, or this weekend. The 2013 team will get honored. Uh, welcome to the show.
0: Yeah, thanks, man. I, I appreciate it. It's great to be here. So
1: you're back in the Ann Arbor area. You are going to be at the Michigan-Michigan State game on Saturday night. You're going to see all the guys, I believe, tonight. Coach mm-hmm. Beeline, 2013 team, bunch of other basketball alumni uh what's your excitement level like for that and when was the last time a lot of these guys were together
0: um I'm super excited I've this is like huge for me you know I'm, I'm pumped to be back in Ann Arbor see all these guys um you know I don't keep in touch with all of them you know as well as I should um but you know people are busy everybody especially the guys in the NBA they're doing their thing um but I know like me and Stauskas have been talking we're super pumped about it um But having the guys like Timmy Hardaway and Trey Burke back, like I haven't seen Trey in in eight or nine years, you know, like legit. Like I don't think the last time I seen him was on like 2014. He came back for the Notre Dame football game. So um, to see to see those guys, it's going to be awesome, man. For sure.
1: And so is Stalski the guy who you keep in touch with the most, would you say?
0: Yeah, me and Nick are pretty we're pretty close. I stood up in Nick's wedding, um, you know, and I mean, now that he's done playing like he's someone you know, I can relate to. Uh, you know, he's got a little bit more free time. Um, but I still talk to, I mean, Karis, Glenn, Mitch. Unfortunately, those guys can't make it back this weekend. Yep. Um, but Blake McLean is going to be back. I know we've been texting. He's fired up. Um, Bartlestein, I'm super close with Josh still. So it'll be good, man. We're We're excited. We got a good group coming back.
1: That's awesome. I want to ask you
0: more about the 2013 team.
1: Uh, we will get into uh, a bunch of stuff, but starting out, uh, Michigan is playing Michigan State, and I was kind of uh, reminded of this the other day when I was talking to somebody about how I'm going to be talking to you, and they uh, they were like, ask about the Justin Bieber chant when Michigan oh. State, and I, I know other teams. Did you like that? It's almost a compliment, right? I mean, uh, you know, what, what yeah, do you I mean,
0: dude's worth a you know bazillion dollars. Um, and at the time, you know, we laughed because me and Stowski, he he got a kick out of it because uh, we were like, I hate, I'm embarrassed to say it now, but like Bieber's got some bangers. So we were kind of yeah. like, you know, fan, fans of his music. Um, sure. So when I, when I was getting the chant, like they started playing the baby song and warm ups and stuff. And like, I think Nick was a little bit jealous because like, he's like, dude, you're getting like compared to Justin Bieber. I was like, I think, I don't know if it's a good thing, but uh, it was funny. Yeah, they they, they gave me a hard time for sure, especially down in East Lansing. And he was getting USA chance where you
1: guys would go too. So, I mean, yeah. you guys were like the two that were getting, getting crap, you know, from the opposing.
0: I, fan bases. I don't know why I was getting any crap. I wasn't any good. And I was coming off the bench. So I was like, you know, if you guys are worried about me, you're in big trouble. That's fair. Um,
1: I know. So a bunch of Indiana guys on the roster oh, back, then. Jeff Meyer was a huge part of that. And Beeline started to really hit that hard. Um, and you know seemed like ohio state at the time was really good as well those mm-hmm. were battles michigan state those were always battles uh was michigan michigan state the fiercest series or rivalry that you guys had or, or did another one maybe stand out because times are a little bit different now it yeah actually you know feels like it's michigan state but uh, you know the last several years <clears throat> but what about back then it felt like there were you know a, a quite a few different ones
0: yeah there, there definitely were and i, I mean I, I feel like back then like the top five or six teams in the big 10 were really, really good. Like we were loaded. Um, Michigan state was huge. You know, it was always, always a big robbery. Um, you know, I think Ohio state was a big one, especially with Aaron craft when he was there because of the whole, you know, Aaron Trey thing. Like that was, yeah. that was crazy. Um, and then, I mean, it was really Trey and then Keith Appling at uh, at Michigan state. That was remember when Trey, he yeah. ripped him at the end. That's, that's what I thought you were going to say earlier about, instead of the Bieber thing. oh, um, So that and then IU, like, I don't know what the deal was, but we had some, we had some bad blood with, with IU. And um, they were really good. You know, my first couple of years when they had like Oladipo and those guys. So that was always a big game for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean to embarrass you too much,
1: but another story that I just find funny and this goes into the Ohio state thing was, and I was digging up this exact, uh, quote so this is from a michigan daily article back in the day so spike flew under the radar for most of his freshman year during one game at ohio state he was late coming off the bus when he tried to catch up with his teammates a security guard stopped him and said players only um what what's that like you know you're a a freshman i know you actually played well in that game when you got in too but you're a freshman um and you were always kind of that guy every time you'd come in the announcers would be like oh here he is you know this is the freshman point guard you know beeline offered him a scholarship late that sort of thing um disrespect factor at all I mean what what was that like
0: yeah I mean honestly it was just something I I got so accustomed to um just because most of my life I was always kind of like the the underdog so to speak and I was always the smallest guy on the court yeah um you look at me you know there's there's not a whole lot of basketball players at the division one or the big 10 level you know who who you know, or 5'11", not, you not move great. I wasn't super athletic. Um, but one thing I, I don't think people realized, and, you know, when I would check in, like I think people thought I was, I wasn't very good or, you know, I was like, you know, Beeline kind of handed me a scholarship. But like, I was playing behind the best player in college basketball. Yeah. So like, he, Trey was unbelievable. I mean, I, he, you know, so I played, I think it was like six to 10, eight to 12 minutes every game. But like, I was the perfect role player for that team. I came in I took care of the ball I didn't turn it over and gave you know Trey a, a quick blow and then he's like all right let's you know get Spike out of there get him back in but like um, I think I just got really good in in my role and when you have so many good players around you my job was easy I just had to pass the ball to guys like Nick, Karis, Trey, Glenn and like so it made my job easy.
1: Mm-hmm. I want to ask you about that too it works in perfectly like B-line would talk about those open gyms when you guys came in, and, was, and your class was <clears throat> incredible. Um, yeah. The Fresh Five, you know, people were calling you guys, and, yeah. and you guys played more and more as the year went on. I think scored 24 straight points in the national title game as a class. A lot of those were you, but you know, Glenn, uh, Karis had a, had a few points and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but you guys come in. He talks about those open gyms where the Spike Albrecht led, you know, not scout team, but the, you know, some of the younger guys maybe were beating Trey Burke and some of these other guys. I mean, what, how many times, you know, how often did that happen and and what were those battles like? Cause uh, people said the same thing the year before when Trey came in as a freshman, how it's like, wow, this freshman is, he was only a three-star at that point Yeah, this coming in and doing that. So what, what were those open gyms like in the summer? Is that maybe the most competitive, you know, maybe things got uh, during, yeah.
0: the, with, with each other. For sure. And I, I think that's why we were so good. Like my freshman year, um, those open gyms, like you said, they were, they were the most competitive of all my four years at Michigan. You know, it's just, I mean, we had so many talented guys. We had like six or seven NBA players on that roster. Um, so the open gyms were, they would get crazy. Um, like dudes were just so talented, so good. But then in the fall, like when practices kind of rolled around, coach B started doing, the freshmen versus, you know, the, the upperclassmen. And it was like Trey, Timmy, John Horford, Morford, uh, Jeff Morgan, <coughs> all those guys. So they were, I remember the first time we did it um, with the coaches that we kind of, we kind of smacked them and like we, <clears throat> we beat them. And then the next day we come to practice, coach B asked us five freshmen to step out of the film room. And I think he just lit into them. like into <laughs> those, And he's like, these five freshmen come in here in the, I was like Jesus, like he's gonna have these dudes out trying to kill us today. So we went, we went back out, and he did the same thing, put us against each other, and, and he knew what he was doing. It was awesome because it created so much competitive juices. Um, but they ended up beating us the the second day. But like to be honest, I mean, if it wasn't for, I mean, Trey, like they had a huge advantage with Trey versus me. But like in the other spots, we were we were pretty good. So well, Trey versus anyone, I mean, is a huge advantage. He was the
1: national player yeah. of the year.
0: So it's not a- <laughs> I learned that very quickly because I was like, like losing confidence at like a rapid rate my freshman year in the summer. because so I was like, it was the first time I had ever been on a basketball court. and I was like, I can't do anything to like stop this guy, like guarding no. him. I was like, this is awful. Like he's just cooking me. And then, you know, season rolled around. And I was like, OK, he's doing this to everyone. So I was like, maybe right. I'm not as bad as I think. I was like, he's he's pretty damn good.
1: What made him so tough to guard? And, and did it It make, I assume it made you better having to go against sure. so once you get in a game. It's like, okay, there's not this guy harassing me uh, on the ball or a guy I got a guard. That's just so crafty and, and talented.
0: Yeah, no, dude, he, he definitely made me better. And I think that's why I was ready to step in in big moments and, and, you know, perform and do the, the things I was able to do. So I give him a large part for making me better. Um, but he was just like, I don't even know. Trey was just, he was just such a great basketball player, like, you know, super high IQ. He had he had great moves. He had like old school moves, like the little, you know, the hesitations, the change of pace. Yeah. Cause he wasn't just some like, you know, crazy freak athlete. Like he was obviously athletic, but right. Trey's I mean, he's my size. He's like six foot. He had long arms, but like he could score from all three levels. You know, he can get into the paint, make threes, you know, hit you off the dribble. Um, I mean, he just he was just incredible, man. Like I can't believe how he could finish at the rim with both hands. Like, he was – I mean, what he did that year was stupid.
1: One of my favorite things about him was if you'd get behind him as a defender, he would just kind of put his back on you and Mm – Hold you hostage, man. Right, and you couldn't do anything, and then he'd either make a great pass to, you know, one Mm -hmm. of the bigs, kick it out, or go in himself. I mean, so playing against that every day in practice, I'm sure, made you a ton better, as you said. Um, For sure getting more into the team a little bit and, you know, obviously the incredible run. But before that, um, you know, so you guys are number one in the country at one point, um, you know, started out one of the best uh, starts, I believe at that time, the best start in program history and, you know, things were kind of rolling. And then towards the end of the year, there was actually, you know, a little bit of a rough patch. If you look at mm-hmm. the last 12 games before the NCAA tournament, yeah, these were 6-6. Six and six. I mean, it was a tough loss to Wisconsin <laughs> in the Big Ten tournament. I think people at that point were kind of questioning if you guys peaked maybe too early. And I think a fair question at the time turned For out sure. not to be true. Um, what was that, you know, patch like uh, at, at the end of the year? And did anyone, you know, did you give up belief at any point? Anyone on the team? Did you have to get that back at some point? Uh, how does that confidence go? Because then obviously the tournament starts and you guys were off and running.
0: Yeah, I I, I don't think we ever lost confidence, man. Like yeah. we just, um, you know, as I said earlier, the Big Ten was loaded that year. You know, yeah. I mean, there were some really good teams. And we had some just absolute heartbreakers, like some tough losses, um, you know, at Wisconsin. I think it yeah. was Ben like hits, you know, half quarter. Um the IU game at the end, the tip-in that cost us the Big Ten championship. Mm-hmm. Um, the Penn State game, they were, like, 0-14 in the Big Ten. We were number four in the country. We lost at Penn State. So mm-hmm. I think once we, once we, like, realized we couldn't win the Big Ten anymore, right? Because that's, I mean, that's a grind the whole season. But once we missed that, it was like, okay, we just want to get to the NCAA tournament. So, like, I hate to say it, but I don't think anybody really even cared about the Big Ten tournament. Okay. You know, that was probably not the way to to approach it but i think we did have that mentality like when we brought it in at the end of practices it was like national champs on three like it wasn't you know big 10 tournament champs on three. you know so like i think we were obviously struggling and like crawling into the finish line but once we got to the ncaa tournament it was like okay hey this is like this is go time like we still got the best player in the country and he's a point guard which is huge and we got a bunch of pros around him you know timmy timmy glenn I mean, Mitch was coming on, even though we were struggling. Like Mitch, yep. I think he started starting towards the end of the season, and I mean, he was just an absolute X factor in the NCAA tournament. Um, but a lot of people picked us to to get upset that first round versus uh, um, I think it was North Dakota. State. Yeah, either North or South. Dakota. One of one of the two. It's yeah. one, they had that really good point guard. I can't remember yeah. his name. Yep. Shit, that's how getting old, man. I can't remember who we're playing and stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, when the NCAA tournament came around, like we had a different different vibe to us a little more pep in our steps it's like okay hey this is the second season now let's let's get it going
1: and something that is insane about beeline coach teams i was listening to an interview of him uh i don't know when and i don't know what interview it was but he's basically talking about how throughout the season you know you're trying to win every game individually you're scouting that team you're Mm -hmm. playing that sort of thing but he would build his system so that it was complex enough where once you get to the time, I know as a point guard, you just have that reaction there. I mean, very complex. Um, But for the opponent, you know, on a two day prep to prepare for Michigan was like, you know, a horror show. If if you're an opposing coach Uh, on a one day prep in the big 10 tournament, if, you know, maybe you guys didn't care as much about that, but a very tough for an an opponent to do. Um, What makes John Beeline coach teams, so good at the end of the year. Um, And, you know, maybe any insight on just, you know, how complex it is, how hard it is from your standpoint as a point guard, you had to learn Mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, You know, but, but I couldn't imagine being in it. You, you did play against Michigan at times, but Mm -hmm. uh, having to prepare for all that, you know, all the different complexities that that they had.
0: Yeah. No, first off, I mean, coach beast, I mean, he's unbelievable coach and um, just a great basketball mind, like offensively, he's He's like a savant. Um, so his yeah. system and uh, the two-guard offense that he's, you know, perfected. Um, and I think that's, in the NCAA tournament, that's huge. Because, like, you can't, you can't scout. Like, you just, you cannot prepare, you know, for all the different actions and the counters and all the different sets that we have. Um, and I think that's, you know, the Big Ten tournament, the, the, the regular season, like, we're playing the same team. And you're just beating up on each other. So right. like, it was a breath of fresh air to play against some new teams and, you know, let our, our stuff go to work, but it's, it's definitely a lot um, the system itself, but like we worked at it, you know, tirelessly, just nonstop from the, the first day we stepped on campus. Like you're going, you know, five on O just learning the system, just doing walkthroughs and dry runs. Um, fortunately, I, I kind of grew up um, playing in like a similar offense and you know, when I was at prep school, we ran a version of the two guards. So I was able to pick up on it pretty quickly. um, And that's, I think, also a huge part of why I was able to play, like, right away. is because Coach B trusted me in the system and, and knew that I knew what the heck I was doing. But uh, I think what made us so dangerous in the tournament is we just had so many different weapons. Right? We take care of the ball. It's a beeline staple. Like, we ne- we didn't turn the ball over. um, You know, we had really good shot makers. And then we had, you know, guys like Trey and Timmy. um, So I just think we were we were a problem like when you you get into the ncaa tournament because like we could score you know in a lot of teams in the ncaa tournament like you got to have dudes who can go get you a bucket right and, like i mean our offense we were just picking teams apart like and then vcu the second game i like, tried pressing us thinking that was going to work and it's like we got bigger better faster stronger players than you man like you got the best point guard in the country i don't think you're going to be able to press him
1: right they were pressing you guys and you would you weren't breaking the press just to break the press. You were breaking the press to score. For and sure. That turned into a route, And I think coming out of that game, everybody kind of started to realize, you know, like you said, you guys were on upset watch, you know, going in. It probably it yeah. was, well, they <laughs> lost to Ohio the year before. I know you weren't on that team, but they yeah. got upset in the, the first round. So it's like, oh, it's going to happen again. They're not playing that well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a four seed, right? And, uh, yeah. you know, so it's like, okay, they're going to get upset again. But by the end of that weekend, I think you guys look like, you know, the best team in the country, if not, if not the best, one of the best, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, did did it, did it feel like that you guys, you know, for you guys coming off of that, like, okay, now we're rolling. Now we're kind of back to, you know, playing how we need to play.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And I, and I think that's kind of the mindset we had going into the tournament. Like, I think you said this at the beginning of the podcast, but I mean, we got off to a fantastic start. We were number one in the country at one point. So like, yeah, we were the best team in the country at one point during that season. Um, so we knew we had it in us, you know, we just kind of hit a little, a little dip or a slide towards the end of the season. But after that VCU game, we were like, okay, I remember we came out of there. We were kind of, we were feeling ourselves a little bit. We felt pretty good. Uh, I can't remember. It was, I think it was like Corey person or something. It was like, we got our, you know, we got our mojo back or our swagger back, <laughs> you know? So like we, we were feeling really good, um, going into that Kansas game. And, and I mean, Kansas was, I still think they were the best team that we played in that tournament. Um, even though, you know, we lost to Louisville. So that doesn't seem to make sense. But, like, Kansas was really, really good. Um, and that was, a tough, that was a tough matchup for us. Like, you know, thank God Trey saved the day. But, you know, we had no business beating them, being down, like, 10 or 12 with, with two minutes to go.
1: I, want to ask, I wanted to ask you about that game in a second. But what is it like coming off a weekend? I know that first weekend you guys were in Detroit. Um, or, or Auburn Hills playing at the yeah. palace. Then the second weekend, you go to the palace. Um, what is it like winning two NCAA tournament games and then coming back to campus and walking around and going to class? Maybe you know, I don't yeah. know, class you guys went to, you know, those weeks because you had to travel again and you know uh, a lot of a lot of time on basketball. But what is it like coming back and, and you know, kind of puffing your chest out a little
0: bit? Yeah, it was, uh, those were a fun, like a fun three or four week stretch, you know, cause it's, it's just basketball. Um, you know, you go out and you play, I think we would play like Thursday, Thursday, Saturday, you know, fly back Sunday, go to class Monday, Tuesday, and then same thing, like rinse and repeat and we built, you know, boogie out of town. Um, but it was definitely fun, you know, getting back either Saturday night or Sunday, you know, being on campus, like everybody's, you know, the whole school's behind you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was super fun, you know, coming back and um, just the the school the, the school spirit, you know, per se. Everybody was jacked up to see us, and we definitely fed into that a little bit. So <laughs> we had we had good times.
1: Oh, I'm sure. Um, and it felt like that year too with Michigan basketball. I mean, you did so many things that team that you know hadn't been done in, in two decades. A lot of them since the Fab Five. That sort of thing. The, the school really started to to rally around basketball. It felt like. At that time, and in one of the top memories of about every Michigan basketball fans, uh, you know, fandom is mm-hmm. the Trey Burke shot against Kansas that Kansas game that you guys are down 14 mm-hmm. pretty late in the second half. Glenn makes <laughs> some plays, um, other guys hit some shots, and then Trey kind of took over at the end and, and in overtime. I mean, one, did you think that shot was going in, and two, just just how insane was it to? Or even is it now to look back and be like, we won that game based on how mm. the whole time you guys were down basically the entire time. And it felt like Kansas had control.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, for sure. Like they literally they controlled that game for like, you know, 37 and a half minutes. You know, uh, they had a super talented team. They were <laughs> they had some older guys. Um And I, I wasn't playing, you know, late into the second half for for a good reason. Um, But. I remember sitting there and I was like, dang, like we were just, you know, so high and we were rolling after the VCU game. I was like, I, like our season's just about like our season's over, Like you know, two minutes left and just so many things had to happen and kind of fall our way. And like just a bizarre plays. You mentioned Glenn's hustle, hustle plays, but like one of his layups, he hit, you know, just a ton of things fell into place. And then, you know, Trey, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't think it was going in. Cause I was like, it, I mean, it just, I was like, that's going to be, that's a tough shot. Like it was, it was a deep three, right. Kind of like a step back after a double, you know, drag and transition. Um, but like, I wouldn't, I wasn't surprised. Cause that, I mean, that dude's, he's clutch. He wanted the basketball and, you know, he had a few rim in rim in and out earlier where they would have been like game winners. Like he had one at Ohio state that, you know, yep. so like the kid was due, you know, and like in the NCAA tournament, man, like great players make great plays and you got to, you got to have one like that you know to get to the final four or, or whatever it is another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to do's bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA, member FDSE.
1: Right. And some, you know, you could call it luck or whatever. Um, <clears throat> Jordan Poole got Michigan to yeah. the same point in 2018. I, I wouldn't necessarily call those luck, but I mean, obviously it, it's a bounce of the ball. Like if it doesn't go in, you know, yeah. you guys aren't moving on. And same thing with the, plenty of other teams. But I remember John Beeline saying, you know, and, and maybe this was after Jordan Poole's shot where he's like, I've been in enough of these situations on the other end where I'm not going to apologize for it. You know, yeah. we're, we're not going to worry about, you know, oh, <clears throat> we did play as well the whole, no, like we're moving on because.
0: It's all that matters.
1: Dude, you need a break sometimes. That's what it takes. Teams have gotten breaks against Michigan plenty of times. I mean, I mean, I can think of a handful off the top of my head and yeah. that's kind of the way it goes in the tournament. And next thing you know, you're in the national title game. I wanted to ask you about you personally in the NCAA tournament. So everyone talks about you in the title game, and we'll talk about that in a second. But you were on absolute fire throughout the tournament when you were getting in. Uh, you were five for five from three. I don't think you had missed a field goal until that stretch in that game on Monday night. But uh, what was your confidence like throughout the tournament? Because you were playing you know, fantastic basketball when you got in.
0: Yeah, I was... Um dude, I was about as, as confident as as you could be. Like I was feeling really, really good. Um, <clears throat> I had just been playing really good basketball towards the end of the season. Um, you know, I could tell that Coach Beeline was, was gaining, you know, trust and confidence in me because he was playing me and Trey together a little bit, yeah. right? Um, just because I was playing good basketball. And I, I honestly, like Trey logged so many minutes that year that I think Coach B started to realize like, hey, I could put Spike out there with him and like Spike can handle the ball and get us into offense and just give Trey a break, but not take him out, you know, like we still want him in there. He's such a great threat. Um, But yeah, I just, I felt really good, man. Like we were in a a great groove as a team. Um, And I had a really good routine of getting up, you know, extra shots every day after practice with Karis Levert and coach Laval Jordan was rebounded for us. Like we were having a ton of fun. Um, And then when I just went out there, man, I was always, I always told myself like, if you're going to go out there be aggressive and if you make mistakes make mistakes being aggressive like I never wanted to be out there and like second guess myself or be hesitant um so I always kind of took that approach you know whenever I check in the games
1: Uh, a couple plays stand out to me before the title (laughs) game of yours the the steal against Florida when it felt like they were going to make their run right every team that's good and they're in the elite eight -hmm. is going to make their run uh and you did this a few times in a few times in your career and then Muhammad Ali Abdul Rahman started to do it in yeah. his career too um where you kind of hide behind a guy almost and then you yeah. come out of nowhere and steal the inbound and then you had that little flip up layup <laughs> against Florida that totally halted their momentum uh walk me through the art of that's uh, you know making a steal like that and then also just the one against Florida that that um you know that you had and then the other plays that stick out are this kind of goes back to what we just talked about, but you were hitting deep, deep threes against Syracuse too. Like, um, you know, those were huge in that game against that zone. The fact that you and Trey were kind of hitting those deep threes.
0: Yeah. I think the, uh, the Florida, the Florida steel, man, that was, I've been doing that since I was in like middle school. Like that's, I think just something I've learned from, you know, I played a ton of basketball and uh, you know, I was always playing against older kids, but like that kind of became like my signature move and it's, it's bit me in the butt the butt a couple times too like coach b get pissed like i'd i'd miss it and guy gets five on four the other way yeah but like i was dude i gambled like i took risks on the basketball court like you know even with the way i passed the ball um but that was just one where I, i i i felt like the momentum shifting a little bit um so like i felt like we needed to to do something to kind of stop their momentum but like I don't even know why I did it, how I did it. I think it was just like where I ended up after I think Mitch might've made a layup or something. And I was just down on the baseline. So I happened to be there, but like these dudes passing, they fall into, they're on like, like cruise control, right. Just on right. autopilot. Like you're just so used to catching the ball, passing and catching the ball passing where like, they don't even pay attention half the time. And I, I just, I caught them sleeping, man. But that was a big play. Like, you know, our 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 fans got behind it. The bench, I remember coming back to the bench, like dudes were fired up. Um, so yeah, like I, I love plays like that. Like those are, you know, the fancy assists where like, you know, people get I think it just energizes the crowd and it's deflating for the other team. Um and then the the shots for Syracuse, you know, dude, they were so long and so big. So like you couldn't just step, you know, be on the three point line, step in. Like they weren't gonna let you do that. Right. Um, like I think they had Michael Michael Carter Williams, like six, five, and they just, you know, so I was like, dude, I just got to keep scooting back, like to get a shot off here. Um, but I was comfortable with that, like shooting deep threes. Um, again, I think just growing up, you know, being, being smaller, like I I had to, you know, extend my range so that I could, you know, be more effective. For sure. Um,
1: then the title game happens. Uh, I was watching the documentary, I don't know, a couple of years ago, and I watched it a couple of times, the big 10 elite. Uh, and, and you basically said like, you know, cause Trey was going off earlier in that game. It right. just, he had that look in his eye. It looked like, um, whereas, you know, he wasn't going to be denied. Then he picks up two fouls, very questionable officiating that game, as we all know, ridiculous. Um, but uh, you said in that documentary, like, Oh, I'm not going to get, or this is what you were saying on the bench. Like I'm not going to get in on the, in this game. Trey's about to have 50. Yeah. Uh, you get in and you score 17 points in the first half. So I don't know. Just take me through the emotions of that. Like you're watching. It is the biggest game of your life. um, And you get in and and we talked about, you know, you you were a confident player. You took risks, like all the things you'd been doing your entire life kind of came together in that tournament. But especially in that title game and you were able to to do what you did. And and you and Luke
0: Hancock, besides the the game itself, were kind of the stories in that game. Yeah. um, No, I mean, first of all, just an unbelievable experience, like, you know, playing on Monday night um but Louisville was such a good team and they had some really really good guards and they were you know they they pressed and they were just absolute pests so in my mind I was like dude this is a game where Trey might play all 40 minutes like I have no idea it's the last game of the season right um you know it ain't like we're gonna try to like pace ourselves it's like dude if Trey has to play 40 he's gonna play 40 right so that's what I was thinking. and he got off to such a great start you know hitting crazy shots and some of his layups. I was like, Jesus, this dude's like legit. He might go for 50. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I remember sitting there between Matt Vogridge and, and Blake McClymans. And I literally, like we said that. And then all of a sudden Trey picks up his first foul and like Vogue nudges me. He's like, dude, get ready. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> like, here we go. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, like I was, I was ready for it. Like I was for sure nervous and playing in a game of of that magnitude versus those guards. Like we were watching film, man. And like, I'm, I'm very confident handling the basketball and, you know, going against pressure, but like Peyton, Steve, and Russ Smith were taking the basketball, like just straight up stealing it and like punking dudes. Right. All, all year, like versus guys going to the NBA. And I'm like, I remember my friends and family telling me, they're like, Hey, we were like super nervous for you. Like out there, like we thought you were just going to get, you know, just absolutely ripped. And those guys were just going to like, I was like, well, thanks guys. Like Jesus. <laughs> um, But yeah, I think honestly, man, like my entire life, like my entire basketball career, like prepared me for that moment. Um, Not just that season, but like I said, every time I stepped onto the basketball court, I was a target. Like people looked at me and they're like, that dude can't play. Like, I'm going to go press him and take the ball from him. So like, I was used to that. And like, I kind of liked it. Like I I thrived in that shit because I was like, okay, like if I can handle it a couple of times, get by him now, like dudes looking, they're like, oh, this little rock I'm not just going to be able to take it from him and like scare him and then they start to start to back up a little bit because they don't want to get embarrassed and look stupid you know if I'm going around them or or make them look bad
1: yeah the the one that stood out is you're hitting all those threes so maybe they did come out on you a little bit too much and then you just kind of like did a hezzy, and next thing you know you're at the rim for a layup and then Rick Pitino calls time out I think that's when everyone and I think in the documentary too you said that you were yelling they can't guard me is that true yeah yeah, I was,
0: I don't even know what I was saying. I was saying a bunch of crazy stuff. Right. But yeah, here, these you got two All-Americans, you know, defensive, probably first teams, and I'm sitting here shit talking them. But uh, that's just what I did, man. Like I was, I don't know, like I play with a lot of energy, a lot of spark. And, you know, I was super confident in myself, um, but the emotions were definitely at an all-time high and I was probably saying some crazy things.
1: As you deserve to in that moment. Well, yeah. Monday night, you, you watch these title games. You know, I've watched two times where Michigan's in it, but you watch every year with, with other teams as well. I mean, it for one, it looks like and, – and your guys' game was a little bit different because the offense was so good on both sides. Yeah. But, like, it looks like at times guys are pretty emotionally drained uh, at, at times during that game. Uh, the energy in the arena is like – or even in a lot of these domes where they play them in is – just like the most unique thing you yeah. could have, and you guys are going to a game knowing it's your last game of the season, no matter what. And yeah. really, in college basketball, there's only one game that that's the case because every team, just about every team, plays in a conference tournament, you know, yeah. where they can eventually potentially make the NCAA, that sort of thing. But you guys are going in knowing it's your last game of the year, yeah, um, and just knowing that that stage is just even that much bigger than the final four. Yeah, what's the what's the nervous energy in a, in a building like that from from a player's point?
0: Like, yeah, I mean, dude, it's like it is. I mean, it's it's what we we worked worked at for eight you know seven eight months. Like from the time I stepped on campus, you know, in June, mm-hmm. right, right when I got there, like that's what we were talking about: is national you know national champs on three and like college basketball is such a long season. It's such a grind. Um that it is it's 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 emotionally draining for sure but like to get to monday night and, and get there and know that like win or lose this is it like it was it was surreal like the experience and just being able to play in that final game obviously we wish the outcome was different um but the whole final four experience in general is just exhausting dude i mean between like the media and the different events you got to go to and like we played you know we were we played second game on Saturday. So like we didn't get home till mm-hmm. you know, God knows how late. And then we like I can't remember if we came back and watched film or not. But like you come back, the fans are all there. And it's like I felt like we got to bed at like 2 30 or 3. Then we're up at like, you know, 8 39 for breakfast. Then it's film, then it's shoot around, then it's this, then it's that. It's just like, dude, it's it's a absolute grind. And like Coach B does a great job at at preparing and like trying to plan it out the best you can. But like sometimes with the media stuff like with with trey for example like trey he won every award i felt bad for the dude like i mean you're just trying to play basketball and win a national championship and he's like right he's like a freaking they're taking them all over and he's got to do all these different events and like you know showings or whatever it is it's exhausting so like the fact that he had energy and was able to come out and do what he did is is incredible
1: that's a good point that's kind of the stuff that people don't realize too that what's yeah, going I mean, on in between so- it's not just film too there's a lot of Distractions, it's a business, it's a business. Yeah, so for sure. Um, so that game happens, <clears throat> obviously, the outcome doesn't go your way, but um, you know, Louisville ends up vacating that years later, so I don't know if you guys are claiming that or, or what, but uh, I'm sure the group text maybe blew up when uh, when Louisville had to, had to yeah. that title. Um, but anyway, the game happens, mm-hmm. uh, you get on Twitter, I'm in mean, oh, about this, yeah uh and Kate Upton was at the game right so you saw her at the game and your yeah. tweet is exactly hey saw you at the game last night thanks for coming out hope to see you again winky face um I mean was that one of those tweets where you're kind of hovering over the button like all right yeah. Yeah, it, and then you kind of get that nervous that nervous feeling but what I mean just a iconic uh you know moment after you know what was an iconic performance and I'll pull it up here too
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool how you could do that um I mean, dude, it's, yeah. Like, I still get people to, like, like it or retweet it every once in a while. Like, I'll get notifications. Like, if somebody mentions it or gets brought up, I mean, it's literally been 10 years. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, that's that's so funny because, like, that is so not me. Like, I wasn't, like, super active on social media. Like, I didn't even have Twitter, I think, till my freshman year because it wasn't, like, a big thing. And people were like, dude, right. you're playing for Michigan. You probably need Twitter. And same thing with Instagram. Um, But, like, I, I think I seen her at the game. I didn't even know she was there. Um, but I know she I knew she was a Michigan fan. Mm-hmm. And then uh like people just I don't even know who started, like it wasn't my idea because I was bummed about the loss, you know. <clears throat> um, but like I think Stowskis was in there, like, you know, Zach Novak was there. We are all hanging out, Volgridge, and like somebody was just like, Yeah, you gotta like, you gotta tweet at at Kate Upton. <laughs> like they're like, You got a better chance with her than like the, like, then, then what just happened, the you score in 17, like that, that was super unlikely. Um, so yeah, I just, I fired off the tweet and I, w- I remember, I was like, I didn't want to do it because I was like, dude, I'm not that person. Like I don't love, you know, the social media attention. I was like, we just lost. I was like, coach B's is going to be pissed if he sees this. Cause I was coming back, you know, like I'm, I'm a freshman. I'm going to be back. Right. I'm like, dude, I don't know. Like I might be you know running tomorrow. I was like, I have no idea. Like, this guy's crazy. Um, but as soon as I, I sent, you know, tweet or whatever, dude, I just remember like instantly within seconds, it's just picking up steam. Like, you know, I'm getting tens and then, you know, 50, hundred and like within five minutes, it had over like a thousand retweets or likes. And yeah, I, I think
1: was, it's over, uh, over 10,000 right now.
0: Yeah. I was with Stowski because we we roomed together and I just remember we were like, oh boy, like, they're like, this is getting crazy. Um, I mean, I, I literally didn't sleep that night. Like I had... I can't even remember. I had like literally a 1500 text message. I was just responding. Like, thank you. Just copy and paste to like everyone. I didn't even know who was texting me. Um, but it was a wild, wild night for sure.
1: That's hilarious. Um, I had to ask you about that. And then yeah, you, did you ever hear back? I mean,
0: I, I didn't. Okay. Um, which is totally I'm fair. Sure
1: she, knew, she knows it happened. She probably thought it, you know, thought it was funny. Right yeah,
0: now. I would, I would hope so. I mean, it was, you know, definitely just in good fun. Um, but yeah, I think she was, I mean, she was probably dating Verliner at the time. And yeah, you know, I thought if anything, like I'd get like a funny something funny back, but I think her PR team was just like, hey, don't, don't, don't entertain this. <laughs> so but yeah, it was definitely funny.
1: That's great. And
0: then so you kind of blew up
1: at that point. I mean, Michigan fans knew who you were throughout the season, obviously, with the role you played on that that team that was was so good. But um, you know, then you kind of become more of a national name, the tweet you know, whatever, more about the play though. Um, Now NIL is a thing. NIL not a thing back in the day, but I mean, you would have cleaned up in my opinion, NIL wise. I mean, is there a deal that you wish you could have had back then uh, or, you know, maybe just a little more cash in your pocket at that time?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't, wouldn't have turned it away. I know that. Um, I mean, it is what it is, man. It's, it's all good. I'm not, you know, I'm not upset about it, but like, yeah, I, I definitely think, um you know i would have been able to capitalize you know especially in in that moment just cuz i was getting a lot of like media requests and stuff um but we just you know we we turned them down cuz like there's no sense in doing this we we lost you know right <clears throat> um but yeah i don't know i'm sure i would have been able to do okay you know been nice to have a little little extra you know pocket change Pro- honestly it's probably a good thing i'd probably spent too much money at the bars doing dumb stuff so <laughs> It's probably for the best. <laughs>
1: That's fair. Um, yeah. You'd be buying shots for everybody. In yeah. The and yeah. For be sure. A I, mess. Yeah. I
0: probably would have lost my scholarship. So everything happens for a reason.
1: Right. Um, every player that played for John B line seems to have uh, a top coach B story. I mean, what would, what would yours be funny or, or something that he, you know, <clears throat> out or something like that?
0: Yeah. I think, uh, you know, Coach B is great. He's a great dude. He's got like some super quirkiness to him that we all love. Um, there's some like really funny stories like on the court that I, I can't share. Um, but like just a, I think a funny story for me personally is when I was on my official visit, we went to chop house and I know I told you that earlier. Um, and I was, you know, I was 19 at the time, I think 18, 19, I'm on my official visit and, uh, we go through the whole, the whole meal. And then we get dessert after. And I got like a, a I was getting ready to order like a beer battered tiramisu. Like, I don't know, something fancy. I didn't even want it, but like all the coaches were like, dude, you're like 150 pounds. Like you got to get dessert. We got to start putting weight on you. So I remember ordering it and coach B like started freaking out. Cause he, he's seen beer battered tiramisu, like beer in the, the whatever and in the ingredients. And he's like, dude, you can't, like, you can't get that. He goes, you're cause you're underage. And I'm like, I don't think it's like actually alcohol. Like, you know, I'm not ordering, you know, a Miller Lite here. um, But I just remember the assistant coaches were like cracking up because everybody knew like like coach, coach beats quirkiness. And I was just like, what is going on here? I was like, I just just get me a scoop of ice cream. Then I was like, I'm like, it was uh, it was nuts. But yeah, it was, it was funny.
1: That's hilarious. And for anyone that was, you know, wondering, because back then, even now, obviously FBI wiretaps and all sorts of things with different coaches. <laughs> he was not one of the coaches doing that. Everyone knows when he was voted cleanest coach in the country. But yeah. yeah, well,
0: he was like head of the ethics committee, right? I think yeah. so. That's and that's the other thing, man. I'm glad you brought that up, like, dude. That's why I got so much respect for Coach B, like, to win at the level he won at, like doing things the right way, and it's it's super hard, and he did it for a long time, man. So people don't realize, like, you know how how good he was.
1: No doubt. Um, Nominated for the the basketball hall of fame. Hopefully he gets in. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he deserves it. Uh, When you look at the list of guys, he is right up there. Um, And then, you know, you obviously go on and and have success with Michigan the the next few years. Like I mentioned at the top, you were the co-MVP of the 2015 team, but you had an even a bigger role uh, than you did as a freshman, as a sophomore on a team that made the elite eight, Um, you know, obviously injury, at the end of your mm-hmm. career. Uh, and then you end up at Purdue. I get, you know, how difficult was that, um, deciding to, or, you know, injury didn't end your career, but at the time it seemed like it, it was going to, and then, yeah. uh, you know, you're able to play again and you go to Purdue and, and play well that season. What was that, you know, just how difficult maybe was that last season when you knew you had to shut it down?
0: Yeah, it, it sucked, man. Um, and I kind of like felt it coming on just cause, you know, like my hips were getting really bad towards my junior year. Um, so I, I decided to have the surgery and um, thought I would be back and, you know, be better than ever is what, what we were kind of hoping for. And it was just, it was tough, man. Like I, the recovery took a lot longer than I, I thought it would. Um, so I never expected to like play anywhere else or, or leave Michigan on the terms that I did, like not being able to finish my career here. Um, you know, so that was, that was hard. Cause like we were on pace to, you know, potentially like be the class like me and Karis uh, who also got killed with injuries yeah um to be like the all-time winningest you know players like we we were like in that realm like i thought we were going to be able to do that um but those last couple years just with all the injuries we have had it just didn't happen um you know and then coach b had xavier simpson coming in so like i knew there wasn't gonna be an option for me to come back here and that turned out to be a great move x was awesome um but like, to be honest, looking back, I, I had a great time at Purdue. I love my one year there. Coach Painter's the best, like very similar to Coach B, just not personality wise, they're completely different. But um, just in terms of like the program and doing stuff the right way, just class act all around. Um, but like, I, I probably shouldn't even have played a fifth year, to be honest, man. Like my hips were so jacked up. Um, like I'm, that was probably stupid. That's probably why I still deal with, you know, stuff today. But I don't, you know, I don't regret it. It gave me a great opportunity. And I met a ton of really great people at Purdue and built some, you know, new relationships and friendships that I have for the rest of my life.
1: You also played at Michigan on senior day. Um, that was weird. Michigan senior day. Yeah. Was that weird or what, what was oh, that like?
0: Yeah, it was super weird. Um, did not enjoy it. And obviously Michigan kicked the crap out of us. But like, that was just, that was hard, you know, because I mean when you spend so much time here and like, I mean, those guys were some of my best friends and, you know, I had so much respect and, you know, love for these guys. And then even the fans, like they treated me so well, me and my family, um, you know, during my four years at Michigan, then coming back and being on the other side of things, it was, it was hard for sure.
1: Definitely. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about the current team uh, and then we'll get out of here, but how, how much do you get to, uh, the chance to watch Michigan, I guess, throughout a season?
0: And, and, you know, I guess,
1: what's that like, I guess, to start?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I try to watch, you know, every game if I can, um, or at least catch you know bits and pieces of it. And if I don't get to see it, I'm always checking the scores and um, highlights and things like that on Twitter. You know, I follow all you guys, so um, I'm always rooting for them. I, I love pulling for, love pulling for them. Um, obviously, this this year's been a little bit tough. I don't think we've had <clears throat> quite the year we were hoping for, but uh, like who knows? I mean, I think they got a good enough team where. You know, I think to get in now like they'd probably have to win the big ten tournament mm-hmm. um which is you know it's it's hard they're gonna have a you know a tall task but I think they could do it you know I mean I think they got enough talent like they got with hunter and you know jet Kobe if, if like you get all these guys clicking you know I mean you just need to string together three or four wins so I uh, I'd love to see them get in you know but I think they gotta figure some things out and start playing a little better basketball. Definitely. Could start on
1: Saturday against, against Michigan. Yeah, for um, sure. And I wanted to ask you about this because you have a unique perspective on it. You were an upperclassman on that 15 team that was decimated by injury. leave yeah. uh, D wall out for most of the year. Karras was out for most of the year. I mean, yeah. that's, that's pretty much going to do it, um, sure. you know, and really impact the team uh, you're starting on that team along with three freshmen and,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know, freshmen that ended up having pretty good careers. Muhammad Ali abdur turned into yeah. a really good player by the end, a great leader. Uh, Aubrey Dawkins goes on to have a good career at UCF. Uh, Ricky Doyle was in there. Yeah. um Did some things at Florida Gulf Coast and, and really had, uh, you know, some moments at Michigan yeah. as well. But, you know, talent – and we talk about this with this Michigan team. There's so much talent. How do, how do they have six top 100 guys and lose to Wisconsin no. – uh, you know, who has no top 100 guys, that sort of thing. A lot of Mm -hmm. conversation about that with the fan base. But what does youth, like, what does an average fan not know about youth in college basketball and how, you know, big of a hurdle that is to kind of overcome and just how much experience, you know, once you are that savvy veteran, helps your, you know, your team. Everyone talks about veteran guards, veteran teams. Those are the ones that are making runs. I mean, what is it about experience, youth that, you know, plays such a big factor in college basketball?
0: Yeah. I, I think, I think now too, like more than ever, man. Cause I think with NIL, like I think kids are going to stay longer because they have an opportunity to make money. True. Um, You know, so shoot, you're, you know, you're 18, 19 years old, even like, you know, Jet and, jet and uh, Doug, like as good as they are, like they're still 18, 19 playing against, you know, 20, 21 year olds, 22. Shoot. I mean Northwestern's got like guys that are 23, 24 years old. Yeah. Um, and that's hard. Like, I mean, it's not an excuse because like, you know, by this point in the season, um, even though they're freshmen, they have enough game experience, but like, it definitely plays a role, you know, Um, I mean, going up up against guys who've just been in these hostile environments and, you know, they have great chemistry. They've played together now for two or three years, like all that stuff matters, you know? Um, And I think it's really hard to, to go on the road in the big 10 and win, you know, when you're a young team. Um, But again, it's, you know, it, it is what it is. This is the roster makeup you have, and you just got to figure out ways to get it done. You know, otherwise it's, you know, your fan base gets restless, you know.
1: For sure, uh, especially at a, a program like Michigan has had so much success for, sure. over for sure. the last 15 years and, you know, rich history, you know, decades before that. But, uh, no, that's great insight. Um, I want to finish with this, kind of the update on on Spike Albrecht. I know you were into yeah. coaching few years or what are you doing now? And, uh, you know, I guess just give, you know, a little yeah. insight into what Spike's life is like right now.
0: For sure, man. Um, yeah, I've kind of gone back and forth. You know, I, I had like a change of heart recently. I was, um, I was in the coaching world and was working my way up, thought I wanted to be like the next, you know, John Beeline. Um, but just realized like quickly, man, how much I, I miss being able to be around like my family and friends and, um, you know, that, that lifestyle is tough like you see coaches making millions of dollars and you think, oh, that could be me, but like, it's a grind and they sacrifice a lot. So, um, I left Purdue, um, this past year. Now I'm just back in the corporate world. Um, I'm actually doing like franchise development. Um, and I'm living in in Northwest Sydney and I work remote. Uh, so I get a chance to travel, you know, come, come here. I'm, you know, been here all week in Ann Arbor, hanging out with my buddy and, and do cool stuff like that. Um, so I, I I miss basketball at times, you know, but I I love being able to 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 come to events like this and get to games, just to kind of keep those juices flowing and keep me involved. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm pumped for this weekend. I'm pumped to be back in, in Ann Arbor. I, you know, I hope we get it done Saturday, but I'm super excited to just uh, you know, re reunite with all these guys and and have a great weekend. We're gonna have a ton of fun.
1: That's awesome. Uh, last last question: Score prediction, Michigan Michigan State.
0: What's gonna happen? Um, oh, well, I think I think yeah. we're for. I th- yeah, no no, it's all good. I mean, I think we're for sure going to win. Um, I don't know. I'm feeling like it's going to be a, a little bit higher scoring, um, hopefully. Hopefully we're we're making some shots. Um, I'm going to go Michigan. We'll go 70 78 71. So fairly high scoring, but Okay. Um, there I have no go. idea what the line is or anything. So, I
1: was gonna say, do you have the over or something?
0: No, yeah, yeah. Oh, I always bet the over, dude. Come on,
1: (laughs) I love it. Yeah, um, Spike, thank you so much. I appreciate your time, man. Uh, thanks for hopping on with us and to do it down the road, but uh, enjoy the weekend and and we'll see you on Saturday, hopefully,
0: for sure. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, Clayton. This was fun,
1: man.